My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody, calm down! No, no! You know, I am so glad that I was able to find that Michael Scott intro. It never gets old. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Talk the Plank podcast. I am your host, Ashley, and today we're going to be going over last week's third preseason game of the season. We're going to be going over the offense, defense, some MVPs, players that stood out, players that we thought should have had a better game, and just everything in between. Also going to do a little bit of a preview of preseason game four. Um, as you know, most starters won't play, but there are some players to watch. We have a lot to go over, so without further ado, we're going to get into it, starting off with Jameis. I mean, Jameis is one of the biggest players that is going to be talked about during the preseason and also going into the regular season, being that this will be his fifth year. His contract year has to be, you know, the type of player that they wanted him to be when they drafted him first overall in 2015, coming out of Florida State. He has a lot to prove this season, and I think that he's going to do just that. And Friday's game for him wasn't the best, and it wasn't his fault. Um, there are some things I'm going to touch on that I think he could have done better, but the biggest the biggest eyebrow-raising thing that happened on Friday was how bad the offensive line was. Um, in the first 17, 18 minutes of the game, they let off five sacks. Five sacks in the first quarter and a, quarter and a half, really. Um, that's that's unacceptable. You know, you have your starting offensive lineman out there giving up five sacks in one quarter. That's on pace for for 20 in a game. That's that's unheard of. And of course, credit to the Cleveland Browns defensive line. There's something to be there's something to be feared of. Um, they've added a couple of nice pieces. Larry Verner definitely um, showed what he is capable of on Friday. Got the Jameis early and often. Provided some some huge pressure on him, but. The offensive line, mostly the the ends, both Donovan Smith and Demar Dotson, as well as Alex Kappa, just got ran over time and time again. It was honestly hard to watch. You have to think that, I mean, Donovan Smith, for the most part, held Miles Garrett at bay, and I'm not saying that Miles Garrett didn't get pressure because he did, but he he definitely held his own. You know, considering all things, except for a couple plays, it just seems like he's slow getting off of his. Once the ball is snapped, looks like he's almost slow getting into his stance and getting you know himself situated to give Jameis some time. Demar Dawson just got bowled over. I mean, bowled over time and time again. Alex Kappa gave up two really big, solid plays back to back. It was just it was not a good night for the offensive line. Um. I think that Arians will be scouring the the waiver wire once cuts come. Um, I believe they come, believe that's Saturday or that Monday after the fourth preseason game, which for this week for the Bucks will be on Thursday. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, I believe that some moves are going to have to be made. Um, I think the best player, again, on the starting offensive line were both Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet, the two real anchor guys on that team, on that offensive line. Um, I think Donovan Smith's going to be just fine. Like I said, I think he had a, a decently solid game after, you know, that first and second drive. I think he, he kind of, you know, set his game up a little bit. But there are definitely some weaknesses on that offensive line, and they have to be addressed or Jameis is going to get walloped. It, it's never good to see your quarterback on the ground five, five times in the first quarter. You know, you're, that's not how you win football games. That's how you lose them, and that's also how you lose your starting quarterback to injury. Um, and Jameis has been injured before, so that's not something that Arians or the Buccaneers can afford this season. 
So I think we'll see some moves here soon. I'm not saying anyone's going to be losing their starting job. I'm, I'm not too sure about that, but there's definitely going to be some depth brought in for when those players do struggle. You know, Arians has the option of putting them in. Um, now, Jameis, I think, had another great game. He, for the first time, I think, really, we're seeing Jameis make money decisions and not money throws. Now, I'm not saying that Jameis didn't have any nice throws on Friday night, but I think his mindset is now where it needs to be for the first time since, you know, becoming a Buccaneer in 2015. Um, you saw him having to scramble out of the pocket a lot, but when he did, he was smart about the way he did it. He wasn't just trying to run with the football and hold the ball in one hand or run around and just try and make something happen instead of trying to pick up yardage. He did both. He was both um, aware of pressure and felt pressure when, you know, he couldn't see it from his blind side. He got out of a couple of would-be sacks. He kept his eyes downfield. And the most important thing that I saw from Jameis was how he was able to hold the ball and still look downfield. But as we've seen in recent in recent years, you know, Jameis will get hit from behind and fumble the football because of the way he's holding it. He is still looking down the field and looking for that big play like he's made so many times. And, you know, Jameis can make those big plays happen. But I think now we're seeing him be more smart and the way he poises himself is how he holds it up tired and tighter to where, you know, if he gets hit from behind, he can still hold on to the football and he's not going to, you know, get a strip sack or something like that. Um, I also think that his throws are more precise. He did have, you know, a deep ball that I think should have been pass interference on Ward of the Cleveland Browns. Um, Bruce Arians challenged it and it didn't go our way, but it was a beautiful ball, beautiful ball, um, right into Bashad Perriman's hands. Perriman got held, so he wasn't quite able to reel it in. But those are the kind of throws that Jameis, I hope, can make this season. And I've seen over the weekend, you see, I don't, I try not to do these podcasts right after the game. Um, I like to watch the game a second, third time. And I have the NFL game pass, so for me, it takes about 45 minutes to watch every single play. Um, and then I also watch the All-22 to see things as well. And I think that Perriman and Wait Jameis's chemistry isn't quite there yet. That's something that you have to build over time, especially with Perriman being as fast as he is. Um, I just feel that James has to work on that a little bit. He did have two more throws that were, you know, Perriman had this guy beat. And I mean beat bad, like three or four steps on this guy. And James kind of just threw it out of bounds. Um, we all know that James's deep ball isn't the greatest thing in the world. Um, he's had issues with, you know, his, his entire career, really. But I think that it's just a chemistry issue. Because um, you can, you know, if he's making that throw to Mike... It's going to be on time. It's going to be on point. And I think we saw last season as well that he really built that rapport with Chris Godwin. So I think it's more of a chemistry thing. I think that Jameis getting hit five times in the first, you know, 20 minutes kind of put that into his mindset a little bit. I think he felt the pocket collapsing and was just trying to get the ball out there, trying to give his guy a shot. Um, but it is something to keep an eye on. Um as many of you know, I, I really do vouch for Jameis quite a bit. I think he is the guy in Tampa. I think he's going to turn it around this season. I think he's going to play his best ball that he's ever played. Kind of, you know, referencing back into his rookie year when he looked very well, very good at the back uh, in the quarterback position. I just feel that 
he has to build that rapport and build it quite quickly because this is a win-now team. Um, but overall, Jameis had a pretty good game, 9 of 19, I believe, for 88 yards. You know, nothing spectacular, but with how the offensive line played and, you know, how they're still learning this new offense, they're, they're longer developing plays, and that's the biggest issue, I think, right now, are the longer developing plays with this offensive line. Um, I think that Jameis is still learning the offense and that he's taking a little bit longer than he should with reading um, who's open and who's not. Also with the offensive line not being able to block for that long. I think these longer developing plays in Arians' offense, it's going to get Jameis hit quite a bit. I mean, we knew this coming into that. We knew that Jameis was going to get hit quite a bit and often in this offense. And that's the, that's the reason why he put on weight. Nobody could figure out why Jameis was putting on weight, but the answer was right there. It was right right under our noses the whole time. Um, in Arian's offense, he loves to all air the ball out. He wants to strike first and ask questions later, and that comes with some, some consequences. Jameis is going to get hit quite a bit this season, um, and it's not always going to be the offensive fault, the offensive line's fault. It's going to be Jameis' fault sometimes. He's going to be looking for that play down the field, those longer developing plays, and it's just not going to be there in time. Um, so those are things to also take into account when reviewing tape on Jameis. Um, but I liked what I saw. He made better decisions. He's, I think, finally thinking that he doesn't have to play hero ball in Tampa. I think that he's finally getting help he needs. Um, I think he's got great weapons around him. You know, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones catching passes out of the backfield. Something we saw, you know, a little bit of on Friday as well, them catching passes out of the backfield. Um, so I think that's going to help him quite a bit. I think that, you know, as the offense gets used to these plays and continue just to build that rapport around each other, you know, they have a new coach. They have a whole new slew of coaches, a whole new playbook, and, you know, nothing is going to ever be perfect. But I think the biggest issue right now for the Bucks is going to be that offensive line. Um, and I think Jameis, I think Jameis uh, kind of felt a little bit of pressure back there on Friday. So we'll see what goes, what happens from there. Which kind of brings me into my second talking point um, of this episode is going to be the running backs. Again, we, we really haven't seen much of Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones at all this preseason. I think they each have like maybe a dozen carries, which is, is a little confusing for me. Only because of the position battle that's happening right now. I mean... This is Peyton Barber's job to lose, in my opinion. I think that Peyton Barber is overall the better back at this point. Um, I think that Ronald Jones has the breakaway speed that Barber doesn't have, um, but they both have great feet, both have great footwork. They both can make cuts on a dime. Um, they're two really good running backs, in my opinion. Now, both of them are severely unproven. I get that. Um, a lot of people, you know, vouched for drafting another running back with another draft pick again. Um, <laughs> um, but there, there really isn't a need for one. I don't see the need to waste another draft pick on a running back. Ronald Jones is practically a rookie again. You know, you know, 20, if you have less than 25 carries on an entire season, I'm sorry, you're still a rookie. Um, but they're two really good guys, I think, for this offense. I think they're both going to get their opportunities. Um, Arians has said they're both going to get their reps. They're both going to get their chance to shine. Um, but I do think that starting week one at home versus 49ers, that Bar Peyton Barber will be the starting back. Um, but, 
you know, that is liable to change. And Arians has said that he loves, you know, what both running backs have shown. So for them to really not be to be utilized at all during the off, I'm sorry, the preseason um, is a little questioning for me. You know, I, I think that I, I get the, the injury side of it. We've seen a lot of nasty, nasty injuries in the preseason. Um, Lamar Miller tearing his ACL this weekend, actually. Um, horrible, both for my fantasy and for his for his season. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, you know, I see from an injury standpoint where that could come into play. But if you have said, you know, to the media that there is a, a running back competition, um, you know, I, I would think that you would you'd play them both, you know, to see who runs better, who runs harder. Um, and we just haven't – we don't have that distinction right now. So – I believe it's going to be Peyton Barber's job to lose, um, but I don't think Peyton Barber's going to be giving it up anytime soon or without a fight, um, but I believe Ronald Jones is going to have himself a very nice year. I hope to see him early and often as well. Um, he's made some better decisions on the way he runs. He used to, you know, wait and wait and wait and then try and hit the hole, but his explosiveness is just unbelievable. He can really hit the hole and, you know, do some damage to the to the defensive line if he can get into that second level I don't know many people that's going to catch him um he's also been returning kicks for the Bucks, which was kind of confusing to me only because of what kind of asset he is for the team um I, I know that Arians really likes what he can do behind the line but I think that they have him back there because of his speed um if he gets you know blown by by somebody if he can break a tackle I don't know many people that are going to be able to stop him um they're going to be able to catch him now, people can make the argument that Bobo Wilson and both Scotty Miller can, you know, handle those duties, but Bobo Wilson has had some trouble with drops. Scotty Miller is very unproven. We're going to get to those receivers in a little bit. But as far as RB situation right now, it's still Peyton Barber as number one. Not much has changed. I don't think we'll see any kind of changes until at least after week three or more if, you know, Ronald Jones has some unbelievable breakout games, and I hope he does. Um, but Peyton Barber has looked just as good as Ronald Jones. It's exciting to see as a Bucks fan. I think they're finally making some holes where the running backs can get through. Even as, you know, there's there's run blocking and then there's also pass protection. The Bucks' pass protection was great the first two games. I think it was phenomenal. I think that, you know, except for a couple plays where they got bowled over, they really stood their ground. Um, so the, the question, like I said, begs to differ um, is... Cleveland's pass rush that efficient? Is it that good? We know how good Miles Garrett is. Miles Garrett is a freaking nature. Um, but are those added pieces really complementing that much? Or is the offensive line just not that great? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we won't see many starters, like I said, in the fourth preseason game, if at all. Um, so this will be a test for week one. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm hoping that it was just... Cleveland's defensive line at this point now the offensive line wasn't the only position group that I wasn't very happy with on Friday night and the wide receivers there's it was just (sighs) there's just uh, there's no clear or cut fourth or fifth wide receiver in this group the the Bucks have such a talented wide receiver room they really do um but none of them outside of, you know, the top three, obviously, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Brashad Perriman, have really put their stake in the ground that they are here to stay in Tampa. And it's frustrating because I know guys like Justin Watson, 
um, Bubba Wilson, who stuck around for a couple of years, um, Scotty Miller, and, you know, others like Demarcus Lodge, Emmanuel Hall, you know, some of those guys didn't see any snaps on, on Friday night. Um, Justin Watson, again, dropped a couple balls. Bubba Wilson, again, dropped a couple balls. It's who was going to step up and make that stake and make that claim that this is, this is their team. They're here to stay. Um, Justin Watson had a pretty decent night. I think he, in my mind, is a guy that if he isn't careful, he will drop himself out of this league, out of this team. Um, I love what he can do. He's another big body guy who can, who can box guys out, but his hands as of late haven't been the greatest. Um, he did come up late with a few, you know, better catches for a total of 21 yards, but that was it. He had two catches the entire night, um, and that's with Mike Evans out for the entire game, you know. Uh, Boba Wilson had four catches for 28 yards, kind of you know, maybe put himself a little bit higher in the positional standings, but neither of these guys are making any kind of noise for themselves. Um, it kind of makes you wonder if the Bucks at some point don't just say, we need guys who can catch the ball and drop both of them. Now, I'm not saying I want that to happen, but it is a real possibility. Um, they have had guys that haven't really had chances yet to show what they can do, and they might get fed up with the amount of drops that they've had to endure. Scotty Miller was another guy who... I'm a little disappointed in. Um, this was his NFL debut. He hasn't played at all since being a Buccaneer, being drafted in the fifth round. And he just really didn't separate himself from any of these guys. He has such great speed. And I, I just don't think that he put it to any kind of use on Friday night. Um, he did have two receptions for 15 yards, but that's it. Um, and Scotty knows that he is he is just about out of time to make a name for himself. Um making a stake, a claim for a, a position spot on this team. Um, I, at this point, I, I really don't know who those fourth and fifth guys are going to be. Um, I think that at this point, just because of the catches they do have in preseason, that Bobo Wilson and Justin Watson are those guys, but if guys like Emmanuel Hall and Scotty Miller start to show up, you know, next week or put on a, a quite of a bit of a show on, th on Thursday night this week um, against the Cowboys, that they could overtake them. What I mean is, these guys haven't done enough in the preseason to lock themselves in with one game left before cuts start happening, and that's worrisome. Um, they haven't done enough, in my opinion. I know Bobo, Bobo Wilson can be used. Um, in the return game, and I know he has great speed. I know they love Justin Watson, the things he can do, the, the position he can play. But, like I said, I just don't think they've done enough. They haven't made a stake, they haven't made a claim, and some of these younger guys are hungry. Demarcus Lodge is a real big underdog. Emmanuel Hall, who was just picked up um, from the Bears waivers. These guys want a shot to play, and they haven't, you know, Justin Watson and Boba Wilson haven't, you know, seize the opportunities that they've been given, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens on Thursday night because I don't I don't know if Arians has seen enough to keep them, but there is one man who has absolutely earned a spot on this roster. If he's not on the fifty-three, I'm gonna be surprised. I myself would put his name on that fifty-three man roster in permanent marker, and that's Tanner Hudson. There is depth. There is taxes, and there is Tanner Hudson 
carrying the Buccaneers in the second half of a preseason game. <laughs> this He's incredible. I love what I've seen from Tanner Hudson. I think he's a second, you know, Cam Braid, O.J. Howard type player. Um, when the preseason started, we said, who? Who's 88? Who's over there? Who's, who's catching all those balls? And it's Tanner Hudson. And he's shown up in every single game they've had so far. Um, I know his biggest problem right now is blocking. He got blown up a couple times in a couple plays. But, man, you just have to think this guy makes this team. Um, you know, with Cam Brate being hurt, and I think um, O.J. Howard, he's healthy. O.J. Howard's healthy. But, you know, God forbid anything happens to O.J. Howard while Cam Brate is still injured. Um, you have to have a backup. And I think Tanner Hudson, you know, not only because of the need at position for depth, but also because of what he's been able to do during the preseason, is going to get him on that initial 53-man 50 man roster. Now, I don't know if Arians is going to want to keep three tight ends on an offense that really doesn't, you know, traditionally in his ways use tight ends, but I do think that Hudson makes this initial 53-man roster and I think that if he's given opportunities in the red zone, kind of like how Cam Braid is, or if Cam Braid has to miss some time because of the injury that's keeping him out of practice, um, and the Bucks use some tight, double tight end sets like they can in the red zone, that Hudson can do some damage. Um, he reminds me a lot of Cam Braid. He's big, athletic, strong. He's always open. <laughs> in the last half of the preseason game, if you're if someone's catching the ball in a, in a red or white uniform that has a pirate ship on the side of it, you're thinking it's Tanner Hudson. Um, so he's an exciting guy. I think that he can develop in this offense um, with both Cambridge and O.J. Howard, you know, there to help him out, as well as Arians. I hope and pray that he can make this team. I think he can be used in a couple different options um, if he can improve his blocking. So Tanner Hudson, if <laughs> – if by chance you ever listen to this, just know you have one fan uh, in Tampa Bay, as well as many others who watched that game on Friday. Incredible. You know, had that game, that not game-winning touchdown, but that game-sealing touchdown to to really put them ahead in the last minute and set up Gabe for that second straight week of game-winning kicks. Um, speaking of game-winning kicks, Matt Gay missed a kick on Friday night and I I'm not I'm not worried <laughs> I'm not worried um it, it is a little weird that this man can nail like 65 plus yard kicks but he struggles inside like 40 yards and it's just so peculiar to see because I don't know if that hurts him enough for Santos to take the job back but man it's just so strange He's got the leg. He's got accuracy. And I know it's because he try and hooks the ball when he's kicking from a distance. He's got that down pat. And he even said when he was asked about it that he tried hooking it in, but it just hit the upright. So you can tell that he was trying to hook that ball in just the same way he does when he kicks a long ball. And, you know, just kind of kicked a little bit too far on the outside there. But, man, this guy has a leg. An absolute cannon. And I... I I'm positive that before the game, it was said that Cairo Santos would get the the longer balls and I think the first opportunity to kick, um, but we didn't see Cairo Santos at all, and I mean at all on Friday night. Um, you have to wonder if Arians has already made his mind up about who his kicker is. I know Tampa has. <laughs> I know the fans have, um, like myself, 
not that Cairo Santos is a bad kicker. He's not. Cairo Santos um, is a great kicker. He was very solid for us last season. You know, not everyone is perfect. He missed a couple, and that's to be expected. You're not going to have a, fair, a perfect kicker. It's not going to happen. You can't have an expectation. Um, and this is the greatest the greatest problem to have, I swear, that the Bucks have two great kickers now after having years of mediocrity and just bullshit. <coughs> Roberto Aguayo. <coughs> <coughs> But seriously, you know, all jokes aside, it, it's a great problem to have when you have two great kickers battling it out um, for that top spot and, you know, teams that need kickers. You know, you never know. Um, Arians could have heard something on Cairo Santos, teams wanting to use his services, maybe can get a draft pick or something or a player out of them, an offensive lineman. But it's just very strange that Arians came out and said that he was going to use and utilize Cairo Santos on Friday and that we didn't see him at all. We saw Gay for every kick, um, both the short kicks and a longer kick. Not too long, but like, you know, like a 40-yard field goal. Um, so that's going to be something to watch. I think hopefully Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday. There's a Thursday preseason game this week to end out the uh, preseason. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, Cairo Santos is is seen at all, or if Gay takes over the rest of the kicks, um, especially with him being a rookie. So it'll be interesting, but I think, you know, my mind, my hum, my hunch tells me that Arians has made his decision that Gay is going to be his kicker. I mean, they did use a fifth rounder on him. I don't think Arians would throw out that fifth rounder just for anybody. Um, not saying that Cairo Santos is a bad kicker again, but I'm just saying that you know, if you're going to utilize a pick on a kicker, that you better keep him. Um, and it's not that Gay has underwhelmed at all. He's got a leg. He's been accurate um, before that one miss. So I don't think that hurts him. Um, I think that's something that he needs to work on. I know Arians has come out and said that um, Gay has looked a lot better in those areas in that range that he's been missing from in practice the last couple days. So I do think that this is... This is Gay's uh, position. I think he wins a kicking job, and I think the Bucks put up a lot more points this season because of it, um, which is exciting because if they can even get it to the 45-50, not 50-yard line, that's being dramatic, but <laughs> to like the 40-yard line, you know, the opposing 40-yard line, they can kick a field goal. That's what, a 55-yarder, 50, 56-yarder? And Gay's been nailing them. Like, it's nothing, like... When I see Gay go up to make a kick that long, I expect it to go in, which is which is not it's not easy. <laughs> it's not something I'm used to. I'm so little so little weird about that. Like how he's I just it, it just makes you believe that yeah, he can make this. This is no big deal. You kind of get disgruntled when he doesn't make a kick that long. So definitely exciting. Definitely think the Bucks score a lot more points this season. I think field position is gonna help them. Um being able to score points from that far route is gonna be great for them this year. So, um, I'd be excited to see if we can get maybe a fifth or sixth round for Cairo Santos, um, if not release him, but it would, I think it would take at this point, uh, a meltdown from Gay not to win the position. Nothing against Santos, of course. Santos was a breath of fresh air at the end of the last season, especially with all the miss kicking woes, but we'll see. And speaking of practically winning the job, um... Friday, we had a bit of an injury. Uh, Blaine Gabbert dislocated his shoulder um, coming to the ground on a play late last Friday night. 
And Ryan Griffin, again, kind of showed what he can do with that second offense, uh, offensive team. Um, so right now, with Blaine Gabbard out for a while, Ryan Griffin has this second this, you know, second-string quarterback locked up for the time being. Um, I know that Arians loves playing Gabbert. Uh, I'm not sure if the team will keep three quarterbacks. I don't know. It's just a big question mark right now because of all the other positions they need, especially in a 3-4 defense, especially because Arians doesn't typically keep three quarterbacks. But we will not see Blaine Gabbert for quite a bit. Um, we will see... A tiny, tiny bit of Ryan Griffin on Thursday night as he will be the backup quarterback to Jameis Winston going forward into the regular season pending how Blaine Gabbard heals and how when he's ready to come back. Um, but the Bucks did sign Vinny Tessaverde's son, Vinny Tessaverde Jr. Um, the other day and he will be playing a majority of the game on Thursday. Now, simply put, I think Vinny Tessaverde is literally going to be here for a game. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he will be here much longer afterwards. Um, I think Ryan Griffin has it all locked up. I think, you know, if the Bucks were to keep three guys, it would be Jameis, obviously, Blaine Gabbert, and Ryan Griffin. Vinny DeSaverde is literally going to go out here on Thursday, play a game, and unfortunately, likely be cut. He doesn't know the offense, so Thursday's game is going to be interesting. Um, he basically has like six days. I think it was six days from when he got signed. Um, but now two days to really, um, <laughs> cram the, the playbook in his mind is going to be interesting. It's going to be quite a show. Um, <laughs> it's just funny to me because these poor, these poor wide receivers who are going to be fighting for a position, they're going to have to deal not that Vinny Tessaverde Jr. is bad or anything, but when you don't know an offense, you don't know an offense. Um, there's not really much you can do about that. You just have to keep it simple, keep it, you know, in front of you, and, you know, utilize plays like the slants, the meshes, the curl routes, so on and so forth. Uh, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see. Um, these young guys are going to have it cut out for them. Uh, you know, I, it'll be good for Vinny Tessaverde, though, you know, that history here in Tampa with his father, um, get himself some game tape, so it's a win-win for both teams. Um, the Bucks don't have to worry about any of their starters being hurt, obviously, like I've said, with the starters sitting most, if not all, of week four of the preseason, focus on getting their guys healthy, so we'll see that. Now, we've talked about the guys that score the points, typically, but... How about the guys who stopped the team, the other team, from scoring points? Again, on Friday, it was the defense who showed up, showed out, and put on a show. Now, these guys were absolutely amazing, holding Baker Mayfield and the Browns to 141 total yards. Not in a quarter, not in a half. 141 total yards throughout four quarters, 60 minutes of a football game. That's impressive. Um, obviously, yes, no OB, OBJ, no Darvis Landry, no Ninjoku. I get it. All right, I understand. I'm just saying that when you have a quarterback who is as exciting as Baker Mayfield, who can escape the, excuse me, escape the pocket, really make plays with his feet, keep the play alive, to hold a guy like that to, to 141 total yards is impressive. 
and the defense again was really the the, the show. Um, I found myself wanting to watch the the defense more than I did the offense. Um, not that I don't love guys like Jameis and and OJ and Chris Godwin, who had a fantastic game, uh, by the way, catching four catches for. 54 yards and showing that he can be a wide receiver one in this offense. Obviously, if Mike Evans was ever to be hurt, knock on wood, as he came back to practice today. So, looks like Jamie, I'm sorry, Mike and Chris Godwin will be the one-two punch we've all been waiting so desperately to see. Um, it's a good sign for him to be back week one. A good sign for them to be, you know, that tag team duo. So, that's exciting. Good news for all Bucks fans. But back to the defense, you know, I was more so excited to see them play um, and see what they can do to Baker Mayfield, see what they can do to that offensive line and if they can make them uncomfortable because the Browns don't have a very bad uh, offensive line at all. They have a pretty solid line. My MVP of that defensive line on Friday night was Nacho. Nacho. Rakeem Nunez Rochez, who was formerly on the Chiefs, had two sacks on Friday night. And, you know, Nacho is primarily known as a run-stopper, but has added that pass rush, you know, ability to his arsenal now on that defensive line. Um, he's been a really solid rotational guy. Um, he got his, I think he got his paw on a ball as well and knocked it down. Uh, he had a great game on Friday. I think he was a very solid addition to this defensive line. I think he's going to be a great rotational guy. Um, and, you know, possibly even may get a chance to start it sometimes if it was ever an injury or... A player needs a break. Um, Nanamik and Sue had a very nice evening as well, except for a weak, and I mean weak-ass roughing the passer call. He hit Baker Mayfield too hard, and they called a flag. You know, they, they flagged it. I get it, okay? But, man, did that put a smile on my face. Get me, get Nasty93. Let's go. I'm ready for it. I can't wait for Nanamik and Sue to put someone on their ass this season. He is a mean, nasty bitch, and I love it. Um, other guys on the lawn had a very good night. Um, William Golston had a couple of great plays. He got really animated and excited. Um, but I think we finally saw a great game as well from, again, the linebackers, but more importantly, Devin White. Um, Devin White, for the first time since becoming a Buccaneer, first round pick, fifth overall, finally had a chance to let loose a little bit, and he was everywhere absolutely everywhere again and th he's going to be special i have talked him up since the moment we drafted him he is going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with he you know on the stat line going to be showed three tackles and now you look at that and you go oh you know guys like devin bush had 10 tackles his first game playing a whole half yeah that's great and everything okay i get it devin bush going to be a great guy going to be a great player for the steelers and i'm not you know trying to rag on him at all but man devin white can do just so much um, we saw him drop into a coverage and kind of force some irate throws. We saw him, you know, create some more time for that defensive line to get some pressures and some sacks. He had two blitzes, I believe, where, man, he came so close. And I mean, so like, maybe half a step more and he would have destroyed Baker. Um, I... <laughs> I was getting excited. I wanted him. like again. I love Baker Mayfield. I think he's a great guy. Um, I think he's gonna be a star in Cleveland for years to come. But man, I was waiting for Baker to get his hands. I'm sorry, waiting for White to get his hands on Baker. Um, you know, back in coverage, forcing pressures, QB pressures. You know, I think he had three of them on the night, and that's the type of things you want from 
a guy like White, who could not only drop into coverage, but also blitz and make himself known. Um, and he was a part of a couple different tackles. I don't think that got credited to him. I think I counted four or five. Um, so we had a really solid night. I can't wait to see what he can do in a full game. And I think, you know, it's going to, it's not, he's not going to come out in the first game of the season and have 16 tackles, a fourth fumble and two sacks. Um, you know, he's not going to be that, oh my God, you know, right away. He's going to be a very solid player. And I think the more he plays, the better he's going to get. And I think we've seen that, um, each opportunity that he's had a chance to play. I think that every time we've seen him, you know, get more and more drives, you know, the first game had a drive, second game had two drives and had a tackle and a, and a QB pressure. And now the third game he had, you know, three tackles, uh, multiple QB pressures and, you know, good coverage in the, the against running backs and tight ends and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do. Very happy with how he's progressed. Um, the linebackers, again, had a very, very good night. Um, keeping things in front of them, dropping into coverage, setting blitz packages. Um, that linebacking group is just phenomenal. Shaq Barrett almost took someone's head off. God, I love Shaq Barrett. I really do love Shaq Barrett. This man, him and Deion Buchanan have really become two of my favorite guys to watch. And Jack, uh, Chicky, Chicky, Cheechy, Jack, I'm sorry. I'm still pronouncing your name wrong. (laughs) But those linebackers, those young linebackers have really been my favorite guys to watch. And apparently Arians too, um, that Jack is becoming one of his favorite players. But man, those guys just play with so much heart, so much intensity, and just so much speed and motor that they are a fun group. Um, they're going to have so much fun this season, and we're going to have so much fun watching them. Um, I think those guys don't play much at all this this last game. Maybe Jack, because he's coming off that ACL. But man, they're exciting. They're, they're something else. And... We're, and it's funny because this linebacking group has been so good without their best guy. Levante David hasn't seen the field yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can only imagine how much better they're going to be once Levante David, now obviously who's been coaching them up in practice, but really is on the field with them and is able to tell them, hey, no, you do this and you come over here and yeah, you know, blitz, go, go, go. When Levante David's finally on that field with them, they're only going to get better. Um, and that's exciting. That's That's... <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen a Tampa defense like this in a, in a while, and it's, it's definitely exciting to see. And it only gets better from Friday's game. You know, we had a great defensive line get pressure. We had a great linebacking group get pressure. And then you also have the corners who excelled, who had a wonderful – I'm sorry, the corners and the safeties had great games on Friday. It's There's not a time during the season that you're going to only give up 141 yards. Um, unless you have a fantastic game like they did on Friday, uh, Carlton Davis. I I can't stop talking about Carlton Davis and how much he's improved. Both him and MJ Stewart, they look like completely different players. Um, you look at them last season, and you you know you kind of had that that sinking feeling in your gut. Are these guys made to be in this defense? Um, were they the right pick? Are they going to be able to cover the fastest guys? Um, in the NFC South, who are some of the best in the league? Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, uh, Sanu, Calvin Ridley. Are they going to be able to keep up? Um, and I think now you've seen that, that they have the ability. It was just a coaching issue. Um, I've said this. I've tweeted this. I've told people this um, on other podcasts that it was never a talent issue. It is simply 
been a coaching issue and it's it's exciting to see them really step up into their own positions now up into who they could have been all along but just didn't have the opportunity uh carlton davis has been breaking up passes left and right um i think the most frustrating thing about him though however is when he goes to break up these passes he can pick them off he's in such a good position to pick them off and just goes for the pass breakup which is great Okay, uh, uh, um, a broken up ball is better than them catching it and going 60 yards. But man, I would love to see Carlton Davis get his hands on some of these balls. Because um, he, he can pick them. He's in great position. He's got the hands for it, got the ball skills. Um, there was one where he, you know, kind of clipped the receiver and he dropped the ball. But the way he was positioned coming up from behind him um, could have could have scooped it and scored him. And not scored, but picked it himself. Um Jordan Whitehead, man, Jordan Whitehead, he's healthy, and he looks great. He's been great all preseason, making plays in the backfield, um, making tackles, breaking up passes, and then on Friday, picked off Baker Mayfield. Um, had a great game. He's going to be solid in the backfield. His partner, Justin Evans, is now back and healthy. Um, he returned to practice this week. He's, I believe, going to play some on Thursday, so we'll see. That, that, that secondary now is something else. Um, you know, you thought maybe a little bit last season that maybe they had to just overhaul the entire thing. Um, and now adding some of these pieces, adding a defensive coordinator who can play to their strengths has really upped their game and really brought out some of the potential that they have. Um, guys like Vernon Hargraves playing as a press corner. Carlton Davis has a press corner. MJ Stewart has played phenomenally. Um, Mike Edwards and as a safety position has played very well. And now you have three really solid safeties in there, both um, Jordan Whitehead, Justin Evans, who was playing great till they got injured last November, and now the rookie Mike Edwards, who are all playing at a very good level, you know, back there that can be rotation, that can be, you know, rotationed out when guys get tired and in special packages and stuff like that, safety blitzes and everything. Um, This secondary is exciting to watch. Um, You actually want them to be on the field. Um, That's just my opinion, though. I have loved what they've done the past two weeks, um, and they've progressively gotten better. Um, I actually did some work, some research um, a little bit earlier today and saw that every week this preseason, they have had a turnover. They forced a turnover. I believe it's been two picks and a fumble. Um, Obviously, the first pick was by Jamel Dean, second one by um, Jamel Dean against uh, Miami, and then Jordan Whitehead against the Browns, and I believe a fumble recovery against the Steelers. Um, they've also, you know, allowed less and less yards. Um, the first game against the Steelers, you know, some growing pains were kind of apparent. They gave up 339 yards, um, and 30 points. Against the Dolphins, they gave up, uh, 16 points and 280 yards on 66 plays. And then Friday against the Browns, 141 yards, an interception on 54 plays. Like, that's unheard of. You don't, you know... They held Baker Mayfield to, what was it, some crazy number, like 10 of 26 or 7 of 26 for 72 yards and an interception. Baker Mayfield, again, people, you know, the first thing I saw about that was, well, Baker didn't have his, Baker didn't have his targets. Baker didn't have his guys. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but you still didn't move the ball against the quote-unquote worst defense in the NFL. So, it's obviously, you know, they've obviously had some early success um, turning the defense defense around um, for the Buccaneers. It's great to see. 
it's exciting to see it's it's so different it's so weird wanting to see them in action um I think we'll see a lot of the young guys on Thursday um guys obviously not like Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart I don't think they play very much or if at all but they're gonna it's gonna be a great matchup week one I can't wait I'm just very impressed I feel that you know the statistics kind of back it up as well not only with them allowing less yards each week, but the fact that now the unit, you know, the defense itself as a whole has 10 sacks through three preseason games. Now, you know, you think of 10 sacks in three games and you go, oh, yeah, they've averaged about three a game. That's not, that's not really great. They didn't do anything spectacular. You know, they had five against, uh, five against Miami. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but the fact is that last season, all last preseason, in 2018, the Bucks had seven total sacks. Seven. That's roughly two a game um, throughout the whole preseason. And the Bucks have a whole nother game to play, and they've already beat that by three sacks. Um, if the Bucks didn't get any sacks on Thursday night, they'd still have beaten that by three sacks. Um, so the statistics kind of back up the play that I've seen. I think that this defense is going to be hungry. I think they have a real chance to be, you know, a top 10, top top 15 group. And they're only going to get better. Um, the most exciting thing is that they're not nearly healthy. They are hardly as healthy as they can be. Um, Justin Evans has come back to practice. Um, is he going to be ready week one? I hope so. I hope that they have that choice of, you know, rotationing out or rotating those guys and Mike, you know, Edwards and Evans and Whitehead. Um, but they could also have back Levante David, who's only going to elevate that linebacking core. And they could also get back, you know, Vita Vea, who is going to massively increase the output put out by those defensive linemen. Um, so it's exciting times in Tampa. I've enjoyed the last preseason games. I wish that the offense, you know, kind of could get its motor going a little bit better. But I think once they hit the field week one, they'll, you know, get it going a little bit better. So I'm not too concerned. But man, this defense, I've, I haven't been excited about a defense like this in Tampa Bay since... Obviously, the Super Bowl. Obviously, since they've won, you know, nine games in 2016, this is the first time that I've actually, you know, wanted quarterbacks to throw the ball early and see if our guys can stop them. I mean, the offense did the defense no favors on Friday night, and the ball was constantly in the Bucks, you know, in the Bucks zone to for the Cleveland Browns to begin their drives, um, and the Bucks gave no touchdowns up, not a single one. Not a single touchdown. Not a single one at all the whole game. It was incredible. It was impressive. I personally loved every second of it. Um, I'm actually extremely excited to see what these young guys can do Thursday again against the Dallas Cowboys and their second team offense. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for joining me, following along, hearing what I have to say. Bitch, you complain about the team and get excited at the same time. <laughs> but... Before I let you go, I do want to, again, remind everybody that myself, Talk the Plank Podcast, as well as ATB All Things Bucks will be hosting a season-long charity event throughout the entire season. Um, I knew we said we were going to start it through the preseason, but with the timing and getting people, you know, to be a part of it, get some more material in, it's going to take a little bit longer. Um, we will be announcing our first charity raffled item coming this week I believe after the game probably as soon as Friday as the 
Um, the first game will be next week. So excited. Um, and you guys can follow the podcast at Talk the Plank Podcast. Also, my primary account at EMT underscore Ashley. Um, and all right, until next time, go Bucks.